Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto blockchain and Web 3.0 space. Blockchain Recorded's mission is simple, to share knowledge and insight and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals and decentralization solutions. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Tserer. I have a finance background, having worked on Wall Street and the pharmaceutical industry. After living in five countries and dedicating time to my family, I left the corporate world. Today, I work as a freelance consultant and am fascinated by the innovative space of crypto and blockchain, different ways of thinking, and the people that are making that happen. So let's talk blockchain. So today we have with us Ramsey, who is the technical steward for the Kabocha project. He's a technical startup founder, systems architect, and blockchain engineer. Ramsey, welcome to Blockchain Recorded. Thanks for having me, Nina. So um, I briefly introduced you, but we can continue on with your with your bio and your introduction. Sounds um, good. What led you to the world of blockchain? Oh, that's a good question. Well, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Ramsey, um, and I'm a human being, um, and I've actually, I've never really like, uh, had a real job. Like I used to, I went to university, came out of university. Well, I did, I didn't finish university. I played poker during university for, and then, and then continued playing for eight years. And I was really interested in like, I, I like games, um, mm. And also, and 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 also, it, being able to win and make a living playing games was a really cool thing. I used to like playing sports before, and then now games, and mm -hmm. then but poker. So I've always been interested in game, game, and and then game design and fair games. I always wanted to play in fair game. Mm -hmm. So fair game, not just games, but fair games. Uh, definitely a fair game. You don't want to play in a rigged game, because <laughs> um, um, you don't, want, you know, and 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 so. Um, Uh, I played that for a, a, a good while and then wanted to, you know, get involved in things that were perhaps more valuable and contribute to something greater. So I started watching a certain news channel that has now been deleted from YouTube, but mm. um, as of today. Um, and uh, there was, there's the Kaiser report with Max Kaiser. Mm. He showed me uh, what Bitcoin's all about. Mm -hmm. And how it's this got these interesting properties, you know, it's decentralized, there's no central authority. Mm -hmm. um, and there's uh, this mining mechanism and things like that. And um, that kind of led me down the road of blockchain and how blockchain can be a tool to help create design and create better systems. Um, money but also in all types of systems mm. um, i'd say so this is kind of what got me into blockchain and that was in 2012 so i was kind of early to the game no, and, um, really... and yeah and so back then way back in that day uh it was it was slightly different to what was going on you know what's going on now it was it's it was it was raw there was it was crypt cryptocurrency the va you know it was still you still had these like you know it was all it was all proof of work mostly at that time you had like one forum called bitcoin talk forum where mm. people would propose their bitcoin forks and you know they would there would be either no pre-mine or a pre-mine and you know a slight variation on how many coins there were and 
um, you know, things like that. Long story short, I mean, at that time, this was before Ethereum, you know, you had, there was, there was, there was this still this energy of, you know, using these kind of, these kinds of systems to build real systems in the real world. That's what mm. I'm trying to get out here. Mm. Like I'm trying to, mm-hmm. trying to articulate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, and I'm like going straight into bashing Ethereum here, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really, you know, that's not really my, my main, um, intention but like you know it kind of when ethereum came around it was there was this it was kind of this like alien spaceship landed and it was like okay we're, we're doing pre-mine but in a very glamorous way you know and they called it and they called they didn't call it ico but obviously ethereum was the first ico mm-hmm. of, of icos mm-hmm. and they and it was about having you know people were interested in use cases mm. before ethereum and then when ethereum came it was like well how can we create this like uh, how can we you know create um uh, the tools for all these use cases to to come about, and so you know they create this uh, smart contract blockchain. You know, so to see a, a blockchain that was designed in a slightly more intentional way to enable smart contracts to take place, and those smart contracts would be able to have a bit more functionality than uh, you know the, the, your just uh, that Bitcoin does. Um, you know, fast forward quite a few years. How many years has it been now? Eight years, and you know you have this kind of very big, very like large market cap, large, there's a lot of uh, interest and capital gone into it, you know, building these kind of prototypes on on a chain, which is interesting. And there's lots of like interesting things going on there. But I would say one kind of like critique would be we I've been around there, been around for 10 years and there hasn't really been much real world, you know, systems being built. And I say I've been around for 10 years. I kind of came into it and then I left Mm. to, to, and then I came back a couple of years ago. Okay. And um, in leaving, it was the reason why I left. I just didn't see, I just, I was yearning for, to build tools that was kind of useful to people like products. Yeah. So I got into like product development, product management and, you know, engineering products that would be, you know, useful to an end user. And in, in, in this, in this world, in this kind of crypto world, the, the end user was not kind of clear. The end user is kind of the token holder, but the token holder was sort of a passive investor. Mm. And, you know, of course, there is lots of tooling that you could build around crypto for the, for, for developers and things like that. And, and, you know, it kind of builds the system in itself. But anyway, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, no, ramping on a bit. but yeah, that's kind of how I got into blockchain. Yes. And, and yeah. So, so you speak of Ethereum, when you say that there weren't enough real world sort of use cases, you mean on Ethereum or just in general, or was that your sort of critique of Ethereum? And this is not just Ethereum. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think the one way of stepping back and, you know, uh, is, is like kind of asking like who, who built, who designed these systems? Um, what were they about? You know, what were their values? Right, what's, their intention? Um, what's their intention? You know, what are they trying to, mm. how are they designing this, these systems, you know, to remedy the current, you know, the prevalent systems that we live with today and, and, and historically, you know, the centralized centralization, you know, uh, the need to trust intermediaries, be it like central banks or be it like state or be it any other type of intermediary. And how do we kind of, design systems that remedies that. And then, and then this is also, there's this crypto punk and cypher punk philosophies. And I'm sure there's other sort of ideologies around that, like, you know, mm-hmm. anarchist, anarchistic, agoristic 
um, mm. all these sorts of like you know words related around building parallel systems to the the current system. And so like Bitcoin was this seed that was planted by Satoshi, which right. was this this pilot project mm. to you know that used all these uh, interesting technologies and tools in computer science and in cryptography, you know, like Merkle trees and stuff like that. And trying to solve a mathematical problem, which is, you know, the, the Byzantine generals problem. Yeah. Did you read um, the, did you read the white paper? I read the white paper. And at the time I was not like I did in university, I did computer systems engineering, but as I told okay. you, like I wasn't really paying much attention okay. in, in that, but um, it, obviously something, it planted a seed, but like at the time back back then, it was like I didn't really dig deep into like the ins and outs of it. I was very intrigued conceptually and how it was a tool to um, you know it was a be- it was a tool to help create these better systems. But um, and at that time, I had this kind of point of view, which I think we tend to have, especially people that aren't involved in building like technologies or building open source technologies. They, they have a mechanistic view of technology and they see it as like, okay, we're going to uh, have these technologies, which are these like mechanisms that are going to like, kind of separate from human humanity, but uh, they kind of have this, um, you know, um, they're going to kind of sit above humanity and just kind of, they need, they're designed in a certain way to uh, help humanity organize uh, mm. basically. So that's kind of how I looked at it. It's like, how do we, how I'm, I'm, I'm describing this in a terrible way, by the way, uh, but no, no, nonetheless, just... it's like how, what I was asking, what I, the, the question was, I was trying to ask then when I was interested in designing these sorts mm-hmm. of incentive systems. And I guess that comes to incentives and how do we, do, how do we design systems that incentivize, you know, um, sorts of social outcomes that we were looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, how do we create the perfect mechanism? Like, you know, how do we create mm-hmm. this per- perfect mechanism that once you put it out there, you build it, this fixed system, you stick it, you put it out into the world and then it's going to like make the world a better place, you know? Mm. And I think that's how I initially, um, that was my initial perspective of technology. Mm-hmm. But then there's this, you know, when you look at the reality of it, it's actually more of a, it's, it's more of a dynamic social technology even blockchains, you know, blockchains aren't a fixed thing, you know, mm. um, even though it's kind of, if you were to be simplistic about it, you know, and explain Bitcoin, it's like, okay, Bitcoin is this, like this thing that's been built, you know, you can't change it. It's, you know, and that's, what's good about it, you know, so that the, you can't, it can't be corrupted, but in reality, like <clears throat> the underlying technology does change. There are decisions that are made. Someone mm. does own the communication channels, someone owns the website, someone's got, uh, someone has admin access to the GitHub repository. Mm. Um, and they're the negative kind of aspects of like, you know, the centralized negative aspects, but in, but the beauty of like building these technologies is that it is a social technology and there is this dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. it, there is something dynamic about it and, you know, you can be changed, but what's important basically you know, distill like what's 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 great here is the difference in values. So the, this, these technologies are built with different values. Like that's mm. how Bitcoin came around because the people that was des- that were designing it, they were like, well, you know, our values are different to these centralized central bank model, which is mm-hmm. inherently authoritarian, mm-hmm. and it's there, it's there, um, coordinated in a very centralized way, probably more centralized than we imagine, and right. it's and it's basically there to control. 
essentially. That's that's the the innate the inherent nature of these like authoritarian governance systems. It's there to con- it's there to control and it's there to you know. Um, it's there to uh, make and, other and, people wealthy, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, right, and and the design of the system mm. is such that it's like it has administrators. Mm. You know, it has a pseudo pseudo users, super users. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, you know, and a lot of proprietary systems have you know a head head administrator that has you know master the master key to the system. You know, that's just mm. centralized systems for you, and that's what we're used to. And our central banks and our you know, uh, and the way many governance functions uh, of our systems have super users. So that's the design of the system is to have super users. But we've, but Satoshi came around and was like, okay, well, we've solved the Byzantine, you know, we have a solution to the Byzantine generals rule, mm-hmm. which is basically, long story short, another way of saying it's blockchain uh, to have like this consensus systems mm-hmm. without having, you know, without uh, having uh, one one party to decide on what the state of the system is. Instead, mm-hmm. you have a system that uh, of of many many different people that come to a consensus on what the state of the system is, uh, with a tolerance of about, uh, depending on the design of the system, a tolerance of a third of people being adversaries or you know a, a bad intention, let's say, of trying to hack the system and things like that. But let me let me actually. Um let me ask uh, a question. So, okay, you alluded to governance system. We'll definitely get into that because I think that's the sort of the central um, focal point of what we're, t- we're going to talk about. But before, I think it would be good to maybe define and explain where Kabocha, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, Kabocha? Kabo- yeah, Kabocha. I mean, I'm not Japanese, so I Yeah, Kabocha, um, which is uh, a Japanese squash or a pumpkin. It's a Japanese pumpkin, yeah. It's a I mean, pumpkin. It's, it's not a squash, right? Yeah. Where does kabocha fit in within the sort of the edgeware community and, and Kusama? And we'll, we'll sort of get into that. I just wanted to mention that we we hosted uh, Tom Ivy from Edgeware maybe about, I don't know, half a year ago yeah. on the podcast. And he explained pretty much in detail about uh, regarding the polka dot substrate ecosystem um which i actually to be honest i i didn't understand it then and i had this, this time for it to sit a bit and i'm glad to actually talk to you today because i want to get your take on it we sh- and we should probably refresh it for the listeners what is the polka dot what is Substrate? As far as I understand, it's a framework, correct? So it's a framework where you can add on whoever wants to build a chain, take Substrate so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? So they take the Substrate framework and add on to whatever they, they wish to um, they wish to achieve, right? Right. So, um, so, so I guess, it, like, well, firstly, um, hopefully I don't confuse you more because my, I'm, I'm notorious, <clears throat> I'm notoriously, I'm notorious. <laughs> bad at explaining things. Okay. <laughs> okay, I don't but anyway, you you're fine. I'm, you're I'm, fine. I'm an en- I, I, I've developed as an, my skills over the past few years as a, as an engineer, and mm. I've been learning computer science and all that stuff. And so, like, Substrate is like a framework which is basically a a different. It's it's like it's like in JavaScript. There's the libraries that you use, but in but you have instead of libraries, you have a framework. And a framework is is, is essentially something. Uh, is it like a template of code? It's like there's it's a template of code. A, fr- a framework is like a template of code that you use along with libraries in it. 
So it's like a, a, a framework is like a, a, t- a bunch of libraries that you that you use, um, and and Substrate is a blockchain framework mm-hmm. um, based in Rust programming language. And Rust okay. programming language is quite a new programming language, but it's mm. really becoming popular. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, it was it was um, a lo- lower level systems programming language, so it dealt it did really well with dealing with like bare metal programming so like the 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 programming you do at the at the lowest hardware level at, the, at that lowest level of abstraction between mm-hmm. hardware and software mm-hmm. and but then it's recently also becoming really awesome at dealing with like web technologies and things like that um and so like without going too deep into like rust um because i'm yeah. still any i'm i'm not an expert in rust i'm i've i've been learning rust for the past year and a half and it's and um but it's 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 a great language because you know um, it's great for blockchains because blockchains need to be very efficient about you know the data you the, the way you store it, uh, mm-hmm. data on the blockchain um, and Rust allows you to kind of be very granular about the type of data and how much of it and uh, your and uh, and how much memory you're dealing with um, uh, and things like that. It's kind of like equivalent to a kind of C plus C plus plus um, types of languages. Um, so Substrate is a programming framework based on Rust that was created by an open source technologies company called Parity. Mm-hmm. And they initially started, worked in Ethereum because the founder, his name is Gavin Wood. Right. And if you haven't heard of him, he was a co-founder. He was a co-founder in Ethereum and he was kind of responsible for building the building Ethereum essentially, um, and building Solidity programming language um, that was the um, you know the language of the smart contracts, and um, so then Parity pivoted to build a, a new type of program, a new programming framework, and come up with these new pilot projects um, called Polkadot and Kusama mm-hmm. essentially, and so that kind of brings us to you know why they did that, like so why did Gavin Wood want to leave kind of Ethereum and like come up with a new design uh, of blockchains and, and that kind of, and so basically like the problem with Ethereum is, as, as we kind of like uh, the current, the current issues, or at least that been issues the past few years are, are the fact that, you know, the, the chain is kind of bloat, suffering a kind of bloating, the fees can, can be astronomically expensive and make, make like products, you know, uh, hard to use and impossible to use in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so like the solutions to that have been like sharding, um, but they're kind of sort of afterthoughts to the current design, uh, which is a single chain that has uh, the, the capability to build dApps on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so Gavin Wood and his team is the co-founder being Rob Haffermeyer and many other great minds, smart mm-hmm. minds, you know, group minds coming together, working on these, uh, this new design. They, they, they have a different philosophy, a design philosophy. And so instead of having a single chain maximalist approach to designing a blockchain, mm-hmm. they kind of came up with a multi-chain minimalist approach. So that's and more, that's, that's kind of, that's Polkadot. And so that's a kind of, un, that's a kind of infrastructure level uh, design solution to Ethereum's problems. So instead of like trying to fix Ethereum, they're like, okay, we need to redesign this thing mm-hmm. to have like sharding essentially mm-hmm. uh, being, you know, uh, as the being conscious of, of sharding at the, at, at the design level. 
so you have this kind of distinction between single chain maximalism, yes, which they call it, and multi chain minimalism. So and between so Ethereum, yeah, between Ethereum and Polkadot, essentially. Exactly, and so with Polkadot, you have this relay chain. Mm-hmm. So they call it a heterogeneous multi chain network, and what mm-hmm. that means basically is a relay chain um, or a, a blockchain that connects, like a keyring, many other chains together. Uh, and these other little chains are more, uh, well, they're meant to be kind of more single purpose, sort of da- DApps. Like if DApps were a chain, there'd be a chain. So it's more kind of, out, it's more kind of, instead of being a chain that has enables you to build DApps on top of it, uh, Polkadot has more of a clear purpose of being a relay chain that allows other chains to connect to each other. So that's enables interoperability. But you know, at the same time, not having the solving a lot of problems there. Basically, you can have chains that have smart contracts, but like, and that kind of leads us to like DAOs. You know, um, mm-hmm. what are DAOs? And the, the DAOs are awesome things because they're like allow this sort of um, uh, human governance and organization on on blockchains. In, before in a, before, can yeah. I just ask before we get into DAOs? So we sure. sort of defined the difference between, okay, the Ethereum maximalist versus Polkadot minimalist multi-chain way, right? Where an edgeware, as far as, um, as far as I remember, hmm. edgeware is, wasn't edgeware's the first ever chain built with substrate programming network after, and then after Polkadot and Kusama launched in 2018? Is that how the historical background goes? It's something like that. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. around at that. At, yeah. I wasn't part okay. of Edgeware at the time, but it's very interesting because uh, yeah, Edgeware is. And uh, then I want to, I just yeah. want to say, where does then Kabocha fit in? That you did ask that and I haven't asked that yet. But, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. I, I promise you, I'm not, I'm not avoiding the question. No. <laughs> not avoiding the question. We'll get I just, there. I, we'll get there. It's, I just think, yeah. So like basically, yeah. I mean, Edgeware was one of the first examples of a, of a substrate. So basically it was like an outside a community of outsiders outside of parity, mm. that kind of in ecosystem. You wanted to use the open source framework in its mm. very early form, a, a substrate template to build a blockchain, a solo blockchain, not a relay chain, not a parachain, you know, not, not a polka dot style chain, just mm-hmm. a blockchain. And they wanted to make, put smart contracts on it kind of like a theory, basically ethereum but with mm-hmm. proof of stake instead of proof of work mm-hmm. um and they went about that and i think that was i i think it's the i the the work started in 2018 and i think it was like launched in around 2019 or late 2019 it was one of the uh, earliest chains it was actually the second uh, the first was kusama and then edgeware launched mm-hmm. and then polkadot launched after okay and so Edgeware has a lot of blocks produced, which is a great thing in terms of like the chances of Edgeware being around. So, so Edgeware's had 10 and a half million blocks, roughly speaking, produced. Mm. So the chances to be around for another 10 and a half million blocks is higher than a new chain that's launched, according to some theory that I can't remember. It's like I, I was watching a Nassim Talib video and he was talking about that. <laughs> but, no, but, but, um, so, and then we, so we get to uh, Kabocha. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I came into Edgeware like uh, about 12 months ago and what really interested, intrigued me and what I found really exciting was the fact that Edgeware was this substrate chain in 
you know, uh, functioning. It was an experiment. It's an it's a experiment in governance. And so mm-hmm. the, the great thing about Substrate is that you, you can launch a chain uh, very, very, and out of the box, out of the, out of the box of the, the Substrate technology is the ability to have a chain that is, um, uh, can be upgraded through governance voting. It can have a treasury mm-hmm. uh, um, and it can, and it can, you can have, there's some very well-designed, very sophisticated voting mechanisms that, you know, with, with standals types, various types of attacks, voting mechanisms that enables the community to vote on what to fund out of the treasury. Mm-hmm. So that was really, that was amazing to see. That was, that's Edgeware in action. You know, that's um, a community-backed cryptocurrency, a community-backed project, meaning no VCs, just mm-hmm. this kind of lock drop, lock drop distribution initially, where I think a bunch of e- uh, Ethereum holders signaled to be interested in lock- locking up their ETH to get some edge. Mm-hmm. And there was a distribution that happened, and it created this decentralized experiment, essentially um, an experiment in decentralized governance. And what happened was, you know, was what we have today, which was this kind of not a large project, a small project, um, which actually. I found to be quite uh, surprising because when I became interested in Substrate and Polkadot, I I I saw I it, Edgeware was the third cryptocurrency that I came to know. First, it was Polkadot, then it was Kusama, then it was Edgeware. So I was like, mm. "Wow, you have these three chains." There was other chains uh, um, in the in the ecosystem, but like um, Edgeware stood out. And I did I looked at this market cap, and I was like, "Oh, it's tiny." I thought it was like up near Kusama, and so mm. I thought that was surprised me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I was like, okay, this is a great project for me to get some experience in a decentralized organization. And mm-hmm. so, that, that's what it, that's what excited me. The fact that it's a decentralized organization, it's like a n- different way for humans to organize in the world over the internet. You know, it's like there's no, you don't have to register a company. You don't have to, you don't have to have a bank account. You don't have to necessarily have a passport or any of those like conventional documentation or conventional structure, you can literally just have an internet connection, uh, build a reputation in a community, and then have this, and then this community had this blockchain that has a consensus of the state, you know, and that state has, you know, money attached to it, votes, it has a treasury, things get funded, and actual real human endeavor can get funded to do whatever that community finds valuable. So essentially everyone who's a part of this, so it's like you're part of this sort of organism decentralized and you can have a job, then you get paid and you can do whatever you can contribute. Is that sort of what you're getting at? That's what, yeah. Just in layman's terms. So for someone who's... Yeah. So. Organism is a great word um, because you can touch this. It's, yeah. Um, it's like, it's, that's exactly what it is. Like, so when I came into Edgeware and forgive me, cause I'm just like rambling, I could no, be a no, bit more concise fine. about what I'm saying here, but like, <laughs> it's, it's like, um, you know, you know, you, you, if you, if you look at the Edgeware block explorer or the polka dot block explorer on mm. a link that maybe can be shown um, underneath here somewhere that, you know, you see these blocks being produced, you see governance, you see the council, you see a democracy taking place. Mm-hmm. You see sort of like delegation votes, you see, you know, motions, you know, as a government, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a, comp- a corporate style government of like a, you know, sort of 
company shares type of government or a government government of like a you know a sort of like a state you can see that you can you know you, you know you and so like that's very intriguing and it's then raises the question of like what what capacities do we have available now what tools do we have available to design better type systems with this decentralized component to it this this very the the ability you know if you value decentralization be it decentralization mm-hmm. of power decentralization of you know uh you know not having a pseudo not having super users controlling the system and having to rely on those super users mm-hmm. who aren't necessarily voted you know in a in a democratic way mm. you know and and what tools now do we have available and what what is now possible for us you know to then design new types of systems for humans to organize and have different different values to the ones that you know we see perhaps being um embodied in the current systems that we live under you know what what would it what will it take to create different systems that have our values rather than their values or without being us and them without mm. having authoritarian values what it would take to have you know i'm more on the side of the truckers you know in in canada currently right. that's what's kind of going on i guess there's other bigger things going on uh, sure. this week but let's say the truckers you know i'm more on the side of the truckers and their mentality rather uh, and their values rather than you know the the prime minister the prime minister of canada and so those truckers risk having their bank accounts closed for uh having a dissenting voice over a policy that was you know that doesn't represent their doesn't represent their views basically so yeah. this is a, this is a very potent thing that we we're dealing with here we 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 can design new systems that are censorship resistant mm. first and foremost um and yeah there's lots to talk about about this because it's very interesting. And yeah, well, it, and, talking to yeah. you, sorry to cut you off, but talking to sure. you about this today is actually very relevant because you're speaking of systems and collecting your thoughts and on that, um, sort of these network systems where they're decentralized. Um, and one other point that I wanted to make is I think you wrote a piece on Medium where you mentioned that humans are self-governing. If I'm if I'm correct, I, I think yeah. it was you. It was a Ramsey on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, of course. So the the current events now are coinciding with exactly sort of what you're doing. Um, I agree with you. I mean, without without getting us and them and, and all that, I think the the problem with the truckers or or the issue is that people actually don't understand the 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 concept of how this is all happening or just the why why it, it's not just an anti-vax propaganda, right? I mean, it's just it's the whole system is sort of falling apart or not working or powers are. Uh, interplaying. But in terms of what you're saying, so humans are self-governing and this secure, decentralized, on-chain governance system can so essentially work, in, like what you said, I'm sort of just maybe summarizing it maybe in my own So humans are self-governing, you mean like I was talking about in, in the context of like in Edgeware, like humans can be self-governing. Okay. That's what my question was. Right. Are you yeah. asking in the context of Edgeware or just in general? Because then you then you kind of fall into the problem where what's the education system in the world well, you know, the education system in the world is teaching people really not to be so self-governing right i mean to obey and and all that sure but we can we can philosophize um we can really kind of get off on a tangent but that's yeah these time yeah the, ex- exactly but like i'd say if you look but at you these education like systems as you right. mentioned like you know and like if we're to approach it as a sort of systems architect or a design you know systems 
to be conscious about the systems we're designing and we look at the current systems mm. and we look at its mal design and we look at yes. what were the values that underpinned these design of these systems and you know and then now how could we create uh different systems that dissolve the, the those old problems you know it's not like it's not the typical it's not the typical kind of problem solution approach mm. of like okay well what's what's the problem how can we get a solution um, because i i saw I saw a tweet um, about, I think it was from Vitalik, um, and it just kind of like exemplifies like, basically it's like he, he was he was talking about like the, a problem of like the pro productivity of women in the workplace. Mm. And the how- problem? Uh, the, the problem of productivity in the women in the workplace mm. can be slightly worse than men because of the fact that women have to have children. Right, it's a biological his, factor, yeah. Biological factor. And mm. his solution to that was that women can outsource the birthing of their children in these like artificial sacks. Oh God. And this, and it's like, and I, and I, I read that and I was like, is this, oh my God. is this, is this real? Like, is, no, this is not serious. Like, no. And if, and it, and, and it was but serious because serious. it was like, yeah, because it was like, you know, it, it was a reply to Elon Musk and it was like, you know, this is a serious solution. Jesus. And it's like, wow. Okay. So yeah, it is a, it's, it is a solution, but okay. Like, well, uh, like I think this is like an example of like you know we need to perhaps be more holistic about what what kind of systems we're designing and then maybe design you know like instead of like solving those problems in perhaps uh, one may argue a myopic way um, and to be a bit more uh, humanistic uh, of course about what what it is we're designing and that's just an example of like you know people that have you know individuals they can have ideas that they think is really uh, valuable. But little do they know that that's the kind of precursor to start to being uh, to being the architect of the matrix, you know, with those, you know, how those babies are, you know, like mm. batteries, like those, those artificial right. artificial wombs. You know, initially we thought like Vitalik was Neo, you know, from Matrix, but when you just start coming up with that stuff, it's more like you're the you're the architect of the Matrix. So like, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, it's it's that, that, those are some. I mean, that those are some. Yeah, a little bit far-fetched. I mean, we can get back into the definition of what what's a human being. I mean, of course, we have we have our productivity side and what we do and what we aspire to do, but then we're biological beings, right? I mean, we do we're we are we are led by nature. I mean, and I think I think maybe now we're now more than ever we're clashing in this world um, without getting into conspiracy theories because I could easily be called a conspiracy theorist, yeah. but my, it's a compliment. I think these days it's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, just, you know, to, to outsource your sack. I mean, that, that, that's a bit, I'm surprised. I haven't, I didn't hear, Vitalik hear this. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little shocked. I mean, but you know, not, not in an offensive it's, way, it's, but I mean, we're not, we're I mean, not machines. I, I think the, the point is yeah. we're not machines. We're yeah. humans. And we need to stop this this whole whatever without getting into the transhumanism uh, dialogue of, of what we're talking about today. But so, okay, so we have secure decentralized on-chain governance system. So Kabocha, Kabocha. Are, we, are you ready to answer the question where <laughs> Kabocha comes in? Yeah, so I mean, like Kabocha is the first um, kind of uh, embodiment of mm. um, Edgeware's multi-chain philosophy. Mm. Multi-chain um, Edgeware was more um, leaning towards Ethereum sort of mm -hmm. philosophy of being this kind of single chain build dApps on top of approach. Mm -hmm. um, and now me, myself being one of the, the people that want to kind of 
send it into a different trajectory, which is to go into the design philosophy of the multi-chain. And so it's a new kind of, this is a new concepts. It's like challenging to kind of cope, deal with, you know, it's like, you know, we're used to having, being a community with, um, you know, crypto communities are used to just being like one community, one token and one chain and one, or just one like dApp. But now I guess with multi-chain, it's like you can be one community or one ecosystem that has multiple chains in it. And they mm-hmm. each, and it's like this under the underlying infrastructure is, is, has relay chains. It has parachains. It has bridges between multiple relay chains. And it's this like different fab, different underlying fabric there. And so like Kabocha is a, um, uh, a project that's funded by the Edgeware treasury mm-hmm. and it's, um, uh, initial purpose is to be a parachain in the Kusama network. Mm-hmm. And the name Kobocha came around to resonate more with the, the feeling of Kusama. Kusama is an artist mm-hmm. in a uh, polka dot artist. She actually pioneered polka dots. Yeah. So she, she uses polka dots everywhere. She uses polka dots everywhere. She made, she made basically polka dots a thing. Mm. And, and um, she was in like the gallery. She's like in the Tate gallery in here in London. Mm-hmm. And, like she's everywhere. She's mm-hmm. got, and she's her favorite thing. She's like obsessed with, pumpkins mm-hmm. like these like types of pumpkins that she's designed so we just called it pump we just called it what she called it there but like Very cool. just to just just to continue mm, to the the connection yeah to continue yeah to continue that sort of like pithy narrative and um and edgeware we we're kind of like we got a chip on our shoulder like the edgeware community like we're kind of outsiders this edgeware has always been like a group of outsiders from parity and it was just like kabocha is just a way of kind of like bringing together um, Kusama and you know Edgeware. It's like you know the community of Edgeware showing up in Kusama. Okay, we're Kabocha, and uh, yeah. So it's like it's a it's a birth. Like we're birth. We're a chain giving birth to a new chain, and that's kind of a new thing. Like typically, so are you, you have centralized comp- centralized like uh, foundations or startups setting up a chain uh-huh. and starting from there. But we're actually already a chain giving birth, getting funded, and like giving birth to a new chain and you're a separate chain of edgeware it's it will be a separate chain yeah we're a separate chain and how we how we're how we're linked is that we're taking a snapshot of all the edgeware balances and persisting them into kabocha so like everyone that has like uh, so basically the distribution is going to be pretty much the same Mm. give or take new crowd loan participants and new contributors to kabocha and so yeah so we are completely separate chains but similar community, or same community, same ecosystem, uh, a sort of subset of the community, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, teams um, within the community working on a project within within our ecosystem. We're we're trying to like one kind of perspective is like you know we're trying if there was you know if we were to do these large tech corporations in a decentralized way you know how would it what would it be like you know mm-hmm. look at look at Google. They have all sorts of projects going on. They have, uh, you know, they're working on, you know, they started with search. Now they're into manipulating people to, for the, you know, to get advertising <laughs> revenue. Oh, and also uh, you got AI and you got like autonomous cars and things like that. Yeah. I think we're, they're probably doing stuff beyond what we, what we know, but yeah, I get your point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but the, the point was, is like they, there's all sorts of teams doing all sorts of things, right. you know, it's like, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge organism at, mm-hmm. at Google you know, and it's like 100 or 100,000 or so employees, mm. um, people working there. Obviously, it's got quite a f- steep hierarchical Very much. structure yeah. structure of, of executive power sort of thing. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, what it, so we're thinking of like designing a different sort of system in mm-hmm. it. Like we're trying to see what it's like to create technology that doesn't have that kind of that has more of a flat kind of structure. Um, in terms of hierarchy, you mean? In terms of like hierarchy, you know, we've got a. There is there. You know, there it, it is. It is quite flat. You know, you can turn up to Edgeware community mm-hmm. and like build a little reputation so people mm-hmm. you know so you just ha- you know, hang around there a bit you know show some show value give your perspectives mm-hmm. you know and you very quickly you can build a reputation there you know be of use of some some in some way sweep a few floors like uh, a, a nice analogy uh, for edgeware at least my experience coming through edgeware is it's kind of like an ashram for founders or an ashram for creators and developers huh. to 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 come in you know, meditate a bit on blockchain, sweep a few floors. And then once you get, you know, enlightened mm. uh, to do your own project, you can then get funded by the treasury. By the treasury, Edgeware's treasure, treasury. Edgeware's treasury to do mm-hmm. your, to do a project that the community thinks is um, cool or valuable or, you know, important in some way. And just to and, give a concrete example. So th- this is not just for developers. You can do, I mean, what kinds of, projects within this ecosystem i mean you're talking about you don't have to be a developer to join you don't have to be a developer to join no because um, i think it can be some somewhat intimidating you know for for sort of the lay person they think oh you have to be a developer to know you know code and absolutely no I, that's understandable um because the aim know, is not not just that the aim is not just that it's like the way i see these decentralized organizations and i'm intentionally not calling them DAOs because mm-hmm. DAOs are layer two dApps mm-hmm. on a blockchain. So they don't have total sovereignty over, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, they can't be self, de- they don't have self-determination of, over all the decision-making about, you know, the underlying infrastructure, you know, mm. like the fees, they don't have control over the fees. They don't have control over uh, whether there's a fork and whether there, there's a consensus amongst the wider ecosystem to take, to just choose to make, to do that fork and what's going to happen to the assets in their DAP, you know, that are connected to other physical assets. How does that work? You know, this is going to be, mm-hmm. they don't have sovereignty over everything. So the, uh, decentralized organizations like Edgeware, we are, it's, it's almost more potent than a DAO because it has control over its underlying infrastructure. It can make design choices. It can, it can change, it can make changes over anything it wants, mm-hmm. including the fees. And it's not uh, affected by external, as many external factors. So it's, uh, so that's, I just wanted to preface, preface um, what I was saying with that, because I think that's quite important, knowing the distinction between a DAO and a, a DAO on a chain, a decentralized mm-hmm. organization. And a decentralized organization is essentially a new way of making a company or a new way of making uh, an organization of human beings, be mm-hmm. it a state, a company, Mm-hmm. or uh, chat, anything, any sort of um, label that you want to put on uh, humans organizing. I have actually, because you're saying you have the features, Kubota's features are, it's a flat hierarchy, everybody can contribute, it's decentralized, etc. Um, there's no, it's not an authoritarian system. I guess people are, some people can argue that, you know, we have, someone can be a leader or someone can be a follower or some people want to take more control and lead, right? Others tend to listen and follow, but are, but everybody's productive. How how do you deal with how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, I mean, these are humans. You have differences, right? Of how people 
operate? These are human organizational like kind of questions. And that's, these are great questions. I mean, like, you know, and you've got, this is, as you said, it's like an organization of humans aren't just developers. Like if you, if in the, in this, you know, you have maybe a subset of people that are the engineers and uh, the other, um, and then you have all other types of skills, people that have different skill sets um, contributing um, value in their own ways. You know, and the questions you raise are like, you know, human organizational questions. So, so what we have here is a human, we have an organization mm-hmm. that has a blockchain mm-hmm. that has its own cryptocurrency mm-hmm. that is self-organizing, that's mm-hmm. self-governing and mm-hmm. it has, it's self-determining, you know, and so that's really cool. And so you, all these questions you ask is really important questions. And it's like, well, how do you, you know, it's like, depends on the values of your community. It's like, how do you want to design the, do you want there to be some sort of hierarchy? Do you want to right. be there to be, do you want like permissions? To, do you want kind of uh, kind of administrative rights to be earned from people that have a high enough reputation? And how do you deal with that? Like, you know, what's your version of democracy? What's your version of governance? It's, there's no fixed, there's no fixed way and there's no perfect way and there's no perfect system. Right. But it's down, it's the community can determine mm. what that system is in our, in our community um in edgeware for example you know you have emergent leadership you know so you you know you do have people who are more influential than other people and they kind of earned that right you know turning up every day by Mm. giving their perspectives you Mm. know you have you know tom ivy uh, who you've spoken to who's a very valuable member of uh, edgeware community and he's funded uh, by the treasury to form edgeware agency which does has Mm. sort of an administrative stewardship role in edgeware mm. community um and a lot of people are are um, work are paid to work in the edgeware community through the edgeware agency um and so they yeah I, but i think we have like our values is more like emergent leadership if you if you, if you want to uh, build something if you want to do a project doesn't necessarily have to be an engineering side of things mm. And the community resonate with what you're doing, mm-hmm. i.e., the you know resonant values. Then you can get funded funded by the treasury to go and do that. You know, mm-hmm. as your own independent team. It's 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 all dependent on the on the maybe some of these DAOs and some of these uh, um, projects and ex- pro- these experiments showing up in crypto. Maybe they want to have sort of like dictatorial leadership in the human element of the organization. You know, they want to have decentralized consensus mm. infra- infrastructure, but they might want to have leaders. So like, look at Vitalik, he's a thought leader, you know, mm. he's a very influential uh, mm. p- person in Ethereum. He's tried to separate himself from Ethereum because I think that was from a, you know, he didn't want it to be as influential because he wanted Ethereum to be more of its own standalone thing. And that's, right. been a, I think that's, you know, they've been successful at that over the past couple of years. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you have that kind of emergent leadership, I'd say, in Edgeware. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's about, it's what we're about, what we're trying to incentivize here is not having um, necessarily, we don't want to incentivize passive watchers, you know, mm-hmm or passive investors we want to incentivize contribution and participation you know and a more proactive 
So we want people to, instead of being like onlookers of like how things are molded and and how narratives are created and how where the trajectory of what we're building is going, instead of being an onlooker, we want people to be more proactive and be like, no, I can be, I can have an influence in where this is going. Of and from, in my experience coming into Edgeware, I guess it was a small enough community to come in, learn, to sweep a few floors and to have a say and for that and to build a reputation and to like have some level of influence in the direction of it you know which is an awesome thing about edgeware and other people can do that you know it's just a question of like finding a community you find to be um uh, resonant to you with your values with did your you values. have a did you have a vision of what you wanted to do before you joined kabocha or did you actually join edgeware first and then developed kabocha i'm not sure how that how that works or did you yeah or did you just because you the values were resonating with you? Did you just evolve from there? Uh, at first, I joined Edgeware, and then mm -hmm. Edgeware wanted to be a parachain on both Kusama and Polkadot, okay. just like all these other projects. Right. Um, so, like that was my I, I found that to, to be to kind of Tom Ivy steered me in that direction. It's like, well, why don't you why don't you uh, contribute mm. to the parachain project? You know, but before coming into Edgeware, I wanted to do a project. Like I went on um, Polkadot.js apps, which mm -hmm. there might be a link for. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just see the governance, you see the blocks, the block explorer, you see your account, you know, this is a, a decent enough user experience of like decentralized govern governance taking place. And it's mm. like blew my mind. I was like, this is amazing. Like, mm. let's let more projects like, like this like so i i i started a project called dgov mm -hmm. um which was you know related to building tooling building more building building more community to kind of like introduce these ideas to introducing these tools to other outsiders from cryptocurrency and crypto world mm -hmm. who are also have values of decentralization you know and 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 things like that and using, um, you know, and using technology in to counter the authoritarian technology that we are experiencing in the techno feudal world of, like, you know, the those big Goliath types of systems that we enter mm. into, like you know, Apple's and the Facebooks and the, you know, you enter into those system and you have no real say. You know, you just if if you get if your account gets switched off, if your app gets turned off, you know, you might have put hundreds of thousands of dollars into it, or you might put all your time into it, uh, but you say the, you say something that is against their rules and that's it, it's, it's game over. So, mm. you know, but I thought like, you know, I didn't know much about joining a community and, and having experience there. So I thought, okay, let's join Edgeware and mm -hmm. get some real experience in this, in this sort of governance experiment. And that's been just very, very rewarding um, and um, in, in, and very enriching in, in experience. So where would you say you are, you said you joined 12 months ago, where are you, where would you say you are today versus the 12 months ago that you joined? It's like, um, yeah, have much more experience in, in working in a, in, in a, with a group of people who want to do similar things and learning what it takes to nurture a community and what, you know, how valuable it, you know, that's 50% or more of it is in the human organizational element, right? You know, you have the, the other part of it is obviously the technology you're building, the technology, you know, your, you know, the, the social technologies you're, you're, you're iterating on, but yeah, I mean, the, the tools are already there. Like, you know, we don't need to have necessarily all these like bells and whistles that, 
you know, we have we already we have gov we have the decentralized share system. You know, we have the votes, we have the the token, mm -hmm. we have the ability to be for it to be distributed across various nodes. So we have the ability, and we have the ability to fund human endeavor, mm. like you, like through a treasury, all in a self determined way. That's plenty. Like you know, that's basically it's really it's really something that's quite potent. To be honest with you, yeah. Can you talk about network publics? Fires me up every day, you know. I know I've been saying I've said this the words decentralized organization like probably at least twenty five times now. But like, <laughs> it's so like network publics is another way of saying decentralized organization okay. without having to say you know decentralized organization diff different words basically. But like, <laughs> it's 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 network publics is something that you know we're we're building sovereign systems. This is very. Mm. You know, this is very like empowering, like we're building systems that we don't have to rely on some other super, you know, some other kind of higher power mm. just to have to please in order to not like switch our system off, like, mm -hmm. like switch our bank account off. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have to behave the way they want us to behave like anymore. We don't mm -hmm. have to do that. So it's just coming to terms with that potency and capacity we have available, you know, and so Network publics is, you know, like when the way we design, the, the way we're thinking about building our systems, it's like we're trying to think as long term as we can. You know, mm -hmm. we're trying to get, a, get away from this kind of short term thinking, long term. How do we, what kind of systems are we going to build that might persist far beyond, you know, like, you know, uh, us living here? And so, you know, like these, these, these systems are going to be sovereign systems. They're going to be, you know, we're, we're interested in using our treasury to fund public goods, like, you know, and that things that perhaps these contemporary times, like the state mm -hmm. might be, have control and function over all the public uh, aspect elements of things, but maybe in the future, it'll be more, you know, there'll be just lots of, it'll just be self-governance with uh, utilities on there that are publicly owned and publicly, you know, governed and network publics is, is a sort of a concept that we are, you know, as you can tell, I'm not, it's like, this is like nebulous kind of ideas, you know, we're, we're, we're refining as we go and we're, we're just, we don't have all the answers here. We're just asking right. questions. We, we're just trying to come into terms with what capacities we have available now and trying to design systems that are more, that are more befitting to the things that we see as uh, that are more, you know, that are better than the maldesigned systems that we're living in today. So I always fall back to that basically. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, so you're def you're basically you're sort of defining the concept. You're defining you you, you refer to systems. You, you could also say network systems. How are you compensated for your work, or are you compensated for your work, or how are you also incentivized, or is this, or am I thinking on the mal mal sort of function way of <laughs> how I'm thinking about an organization? Because in the end of the day, you still have to make some kind of compensation to support yourself. Yeah, you can get a stake in the network for making a proposal into the treasury mm -hmm. to get some amount of edge mm -hmm. and provide value to edge where, mm -hmm. and in return, you know, in return, you get either funded to do to, you know, you might need expenses to, to do that. You might mm -hmm. want to be paid as a salary. You might want to be paid as a startup. You might want to be paid as uh, some new sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's dependent on, so, so we have a, we have a facility on Edgeware mm -hmm. that enables people to uh, make a proposal to the community for that proposal to then go on chain, to go through a governance process 
where there's like a, a period of time where people vote on it. Vote, okay. You know, and there's like a, a simple majority, you know, like say like a 50%, 51% majority. Well, uh, if, if there is a, a majority there, then you after, you know, then those funds that you requested will come into your wallet and you will be funded to achieve certain milestones or achieve the objectives you set out to achieve. Ah, okay, okay. How long How long does it, this process take? Because you say that there has to be a... Um, a body or that your the community votes i mean is this because if everybody i don't know how many how many people you have but i mean if everyone's voting on everything all day hmm. I, i'm just trying to get understand the concept of how this is this works like are you how long does it take for something to for a proposal or something like what i asked you come to fruition sure i'd say um It's the, the the entire process is like it's firstly you need to make a propose make like introduce yourself to the community, right. hang around there a while, understand mm -hmm. what the community is about. Mm -hmm. Then when you get inspired to make your own proposal, you, you then like make a thread on our, uh, currently our proposal area is in commonwealth.im. Mm -hmm. There might be a link there. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, you know, like show what your plan is. And then it will go through some feedback, a, a process of feedback with the community You know, there might be some changes being made, you know, that makes it even better. That might take a few weeks. It might take more than a month. Uh, it might be really quick if it's a priority for, for Edgeware, you know, it's an Edgeware priority. Um, and then it will go. And then once like you feel like, you know, you're happy with your proposal and you get, you know, um, then it will go on onto the chain and it will get voted on. And now the cool thing about uh, Edgeware is we have like network services stewards. So like I'm a steward. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a technical steward. My job isn't to like, uh, my job isn't to be talking necessarily. Like I'm more of a uh, actions <laughs> person. So this is like my rambling is like only people have. This is a challenge for you. I, appreciate I don't get paid. It. I don't get paid for this. Like this is not, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I get paid more to like kind of build like on the engineering side of things systems. and uh, systems, of course, like, and um, process management and things like that. Mm. Um, and, but like you have um, network, uh, stu you have network service stewards, like mm -hmm. Rich in our community, Rich is one of them. And like mm -hmm. he will chaperone you through the process of making a proposal, gives, he gives great feedback. Um, he will, you know, if, he, if he's, you know, like he can, he will disseminate it across the community. So to, to help get the maximum feedback that, you know, from the community, and then he will help you put it on the chain. Mm -hmm. So you have stewards like that in the community that can help uh, newcomers in mm -hmm. and um, to get, yeah, to get, um, to get involved and to become a contra paid contributor. Yeah. Very interesting. Cool. I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's hard to verbalize and explain This because it can be abstract thinking to a lot of people, but it helps to paint the picture what actually you're about, right? And how you're connected with Edgeware and also how you're connected with Kusama. Hmm. Um, because you did mention you are a parachain on Kusama. So how does the role, how does Kusama interplay with you or does yeah. it? Once you join Kusama Network, Uh, you need to go through a, a parachain needs to go through a crowd loan process, mm -hmm. which is not really a loan. It's more of a um, stake, you know, uh, lock up your tokens, uh, mm -hmm. lock up your Kasama tokens in order to uh, vote for a, a parachain project that then can win a lease, uh, can win a slot into 
um, the network, the Kusama mm-hmm. network. And once you join that network as a parachain, you have int- you can in- you can be interoperable with other chains, and then you can do lots of cross pollination activities, um, and uh, you can um, send transactions across to different chains, and like do all sorts of interesting experiments, which is only just we're which we're only at the beginning of. Okay. As the, uh, in in crypto, so mm-hmm. um, that that's really that's really awesome. Like for for us, we're we're also building our own multi chain system. So we'll be building our own relay uh, network. So mm-hmm. Kusama for us, like it will enable us to have a KSM Kabocha pair, a mm-hmm. token pair, on the decentralized exchange. It will enable us to uh, then bridge our network, our relay network to Kusama through Kabocha's parachain, um, uh, uh, amongst many other things that we, we uh, will be propo- that the community of Kabocha will be proposing in the future. You mm. know, there's, we'll have our own proposal system and the contributors there will be, you know, determining uh, and the community will be determining what is valuable to build there in the future. We're just, so like my job really is to kind of, uh, as the technical steward for Kabocha mm-hmm. is to um, coordinate the, the parachain integration and help maintain um, the parachain um, over its uh, the lifetime of its leases, basically. Um, yeah, that's my role in, in Kabocha. Yeah. Well, I we we've actually been talking for for quite a while. I wanted to ask you, what is what about your what's your sort of on forward looking future roadmap look like? What are your next steps? You mentioned yeah. your own relay chain. Yeah. So we, so our to like, we want to further like embody our multi-chain mm-hmm. philosophy mm-hmm. by like, I, I guess that one thing we didn't touch upon is the, the fact that we are kind of like a, a, an incubator mm. of team. Well, that's what we are. I just didn't, I just didn't mention it. That's what all we've been talking about is essentially we're an incubator of, of uh, new projects. Mm. So and so, people and teams are going to and founders and creatives and developers and are going to come together and 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 they're going to get funded through the treasury and they're going to build projects in the future. Be it new parachains, new chain tools, new types of infrastructure, or other types of projects that that are you know other types of use cases. And so we are going to continue being an incubator of new projects. And we've kind of simplified what it is we're about. Mm. You know, it's kind of like we're kind of self-actualizing as a community. Mm-hmm. You know, we're becoming more intentional about what it is we are and we go and we, therefore we can be a bit more, um, yeah. So, so yeah, long story short, essentially, we are going to build more uh, chains in our multi-chain network. We're going to be a chain nursery. We're going to be mm-hmm. a chain factory, hmm. uh, a chain farm. There's all the different words going around. In the like a chain nursery. Like, <laughs> a chain nursery. That, that's, um, that's very cool. Yes. Uh, Rich coined that and I've stole that from him. But yeah, <laughs> a good one. Um, yeah. So we're like a nursery of chains. So we'll be at the like kind of uh, like Web3 Foundation. They provide grants to people uh, mm-hmm. and, and teams. And we can kind of fit in, if you will, in like the the starter. We can provide starter grants that then maybe teams will go on to get further funding from Web3 Foundation, or they'll build their own chain and be self, you know, self-determining. You know, they won't need to get external funding and resources. But yeah, mm-hmm. we just so the 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 aim really is to continue to fund like valuable um, uh, projects that like incentivize that incentivize like. The, 
better things we want to see in the world, essentially. Mm. Like, yeah, that's... And this can be anything again, right? This is not just sort of in terms of developer speak. This can be this can be across any industry. Any industry. This is. Ge- I'm trying to gener- keep this generalized. Generalized, yeah, yeah. in just in the same way, a company is very gen- general. Right. Like you know, you can be. We're just creating the infrastructure for like these new forms of companies, new forms mm-hmm. of organizations. So like mm-hmm. whatever you want to build and create, or whatever, however you want to structure it, is up to you. Like the. Um, there's a lot already been built from, from through, you know, uh, the parity ecosystem. They've mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff, great stuff there. And we, uh, you know, are using that open source technology to, um, add our twist to it and, um, tr- imbue our values, um, you know, and, um, value systems, decentralized organizations. This is all, this is like goes around like right. every day. Like this right. is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, you are, just, you're basically yeah. taking that and you're, I mean, you're basically formulating as far as I understand, you want to really from bottom up, right? This is just, there's no other way to do a bottom up approach. You can't, I don't know. We actually had a conversation before about this. How mm. can you fix something that's, that exists or should you just build it from scratch? Right. So you're essentially right. building an, an ecosystem system from scratch that's based on what you believe in and in this and basically are you will be an enabler of how people are organizing and working and and just contributing in different forms of whether or not it's projects whether or not it's um, I don't know whatever you call it I mean it is an ab- it's sort of an abstract thought but I mean on, on that note maybe I should just I just want to ask you this is my final question. What did, have I not asked you <laughs> that you want me to ask you or that you want to add to what we just talked about to sort of paint the picture? I'm not very good at this. this is You're not good of, at painting I, the I'm picture. Not, I'm, not very exper- <laughs> I'm not very experienced in like, you know, like That's precisely fine. articulating our plans necessarily or mm. you know, kind of our roadmap and things like that. But we've covered, we've covered a lot. I mean, I've, I feel like, I've commu- I've communicated the energy of what we're about. Mm-hmm. Like we, Definitely. you know, we're, we're trying to do, we're trying to be different as, as, as possible. We're trying to be holistic about the system, the things we're building, you know, and we invite um, other people who resonate with this, whatever kind of the energy I'm trying to mm-hmm. communicate, mm-hmm. Um, albeit kind of, um, perhaps it's not been super clear, um, but maybe you can invite other people on that could be way, way more, cl- way more clear about what, what we're about. <laughs> like, nonetheless, I'm sure there's, yeah, there's many, there's, yeah, I don't have an answer. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, well, I mean, I think you've, you've definitely articulated, you know, I, I think it was very, very good to understand because the name Edgeware, Kusama, Kabocha, these are all, they all sort of pop up and maybe, people don't really understand maybe you know inside the crypto community blockchain community maybe um but it helps to verbalize things right to to sort of um and maybe actually i i'd love to invite you back next time and maybe rich can join in some time and then and see how you've evolved Amazing. From yeah, today. You, I'd love to come back on. You should definitely have Rich on because he'll give you his different right. perspective about what it's it true. is, uh, what it is we're doing here. And I think it'd be great to get, yeah, that's, this is just my perspective of what, no, absolutely. what we're up absolutely. to. I, I think hope it's, it's of some value to people there listening. And I, and, you know, it's like at the end of the day, you know, there's tools here available for, for, you know, if they, you know, if they switch off your bank account, 
which mm. they, many people's bank accounts get switched off. They switch off your channel. They switch yeah. off your company. You know, mm. it's like, you know, there's tools here available to organize and create better systems. Like, you know, yes. and so this is this, like, this is, I'm just trying to communicate in my, in a very enthusiastic way. I'm just trying to communicate that to, to people. It's like, it's there. These tools are there. You don't necessarily have to be a developer. You can come and talk to, to someone to be like, how can we, you know, like you can come and learn more. You can, we have a, um, a sort of, um, uh, stewarding process. We have a learning, we have, we're, we're building our kind of kabocha learning school. We're building how to's and tutorials. You can learn, you can go on to substrate, um, uh, website to do, to learn stuff there too. Mm. Um, you know, there's a white, we're part of a, also a wider ecosystem. Um, and we, yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's like, you know, don't, don't just, don't just be passive. Don't just be mm. a passive investor of a token. Mm. Like by all means do that. But like, you know, it's like, you know, we're just, we're such early, we're at such early stages here. It's like, you know, there's so much more value in just being a contributor, the experience that you're going to get from this, you mm. know, the next 10, 20 years is going to be hopefully even better. Like, you know, and, and um, you know, we're, we're helping to mold that trajectory. You know, it's not, the future is not determined you know, we can determine it, you know, we, you know, it's, we don't have to feel, mm. you know, like helpless, you know, these, the, these things are available here. Now these tools are available and we can, you can, we can use them and we don't have to feel like, you know, we're being dictated upon and, and we don't have to feel like we've been locked in and there's nothing we can do. Like right. you know, there's plenty, you know, right. the, the, the future of these, of technology, the future of these, uh, of, of the technology landscape, can be much better in the future. There'll be better types of Amazons and better types of Facebooks and better types of Twitter and 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 mm. Google and Apple and all that stuff. It can be it's it can be better, but it's down to us to Absolutely. participate, contribute, organize. You know, it's not about being too idealistic necessarily. You know, or polarized in like okay, well, you know, it's like you know, mm. like we we come we're trying we're, 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 we're trying to do things different here. We're trying to just be different. You know, we're not trying to like, yeah. Anyway, that's for another, we can, we can have a. No, I think, I think you actually, you summarized on, on that note, we can probably, <laughs> we can probably end it um, for, for now, but I'd, I'd love to, like I love said, it. I'd love to talk in some time again, because I, I just, I wanted also just to say this is in this chaotic, I mean, the world has always been a mess, <laughs> but I think in, in this time, in our time, which is the what we're living through, um, I think it's very it's very key to talk mm. about these things because it's 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 basically to local communities and people connecting and mm. Mm. connecting them for the right reasons, for uh, sincere reasons, for productive reasons to make it to make things just anything better um, and to like you said function not in a authoritarian dictatorial way. Unless that's nope. what you like, you know, where, if you where, like that. No, sure. <laughs> where, where you feel like you can actually contribute without having someone sort of enclose you in a box, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so you can start there. So, Ramsey, thanks so much for, for today. Um, Thank you. And if anything... Thanks for having me. And if anything, like, you know, it just I'm an example of a show. Just bring bring your raw energy to the table and, you know, be a contributor in in, in the rawest sense, like, you know... Awesome. And that's it. And thanks for thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ramsey. And uh, good luck with everything. And um, like I said, hope to see you soon. Thank you. Great. 
Thanks again to our guest, as well as thank you everyone for listening. Thank you also to the Baria Music team for providing their music. You can check out their latest album on bariamusic.com. You can find all supporting information on our website, blockchainrecorded.com, and listen to us on Google, Apple, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Stay healthy and tuned for our next episode. Thank you.